no other place I'd like to be. They're, they're essentially just using those people as a marketing tool, which streamers and magic are just marketing tools anyway. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, if you're looking at it from like the company aspect. Well, it's, hey, this person is promoting our game. Let's make it easier for them. So Some companies really don't look at it like that. I don't know how familiar you are with TikTok. Uh, it's going to get blocked, bro. <laughs> I don't think that's ever going to happen. But there was like some college kid in Ohio. And just as like a side gig, just to afford probably like beer and maybe tuition. I don't know. But he worked at a Sherwin-Williams. And apparently he was super good at mixing paints. So he has, so he started like a TikTok account for him, like mixing different colors of paints and stuff. Sherwin Williams found out that he was doing it. And instead of them celebrating this kid for getting an entire new crowd into paint mixing and probably getting them business, they fired the kid. (laughs) Yeah, that's stupid on their end. Playing on his phone at work. There's uh, Lauren's sister, they're like in high school, their right. age, who make more money than that. Yeah, because of TikTok. Doing those goddamn dances and stuff. And hey, man, like, do what you got to do. Like, get that house on. They, they could pay off That's all a my source of income. And- my girlfriend's big into TikTok. She, like, watches them all fucking day. And, like, she'll send me some of them. I'm like, okay, these are funny. And then she'll send me some of them. I'm just like, I genuinely don't get it. I've never felt older. I view it as, like, have you ever YouTube something how-to? Oh, yeah. Every time I need to figure out how to do something, I YouTube it. It's like a super condensed version of that. Cooking tips. There's all sorts of shit. Because I thought it was just doing dick. That's really what I thought the extent of it was. Because I genuinely don't give a fuck. I don't have a TikTok. I probably never would. And Lauren was like, no, apparently, like, there's a whole bunch. Because there was a commercial for it. It's like, learn, like, hashtag learn on TikTok something. Or TikTok knowledge. Some fucking something like that. Yeah, I just, I genuinely have no clue what TikTok is. Why couldn't I have just been famous? Right. I bitch at my parents all the time for how dare they instill me with a work ethic and morals and not just be super loaded and buy my... Yeah, that could have been much easier. I know. I, if you can't tell, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> only, only partially. No, there's I would have totally a, taken the easy way out. Fuck that. There's a little bit of truth in Absolutely. No, there's 100% <laughs> of truth in I would totally take the easy way out in this world. Just, like, sign me up for Path of Least Resistance. Just get me TikTok famous, and I will coast on that for as long as I physically can. It's all just coming up with stupid things. To- I'm not clever enough for TikTok. Yeah, me either. I don't. And it's like, you have to care and pay attention to what the youths are up to and i just see that's the thing too caring and paying attention are two things i'm historically bad at agreed we're gonna actually we're starting the fetch and shock tiktok coming here in the uh 2021 i will not be involved in <laughs> i honestly neither will i we're just gonna have to hire somebody else yeah. anybody out there who's willing to work for um hold on let me check our hold budget we're, here real quick we're interning oh yes we need a fucking we need a free slave intern just like what's the yeah. coast does if anybody wants to be a free slave intern and run the Fetch a Truck TikTok account, reach out to us. I'll sign a token and send it to you. We need an intern. We need a media man. We're paying you in experience. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh. Job building resume. That's right, baby. <laughs> Fetch a Truck. Builder. Building resumes one slave intern at a time. <laughs> What is up, you scrubs? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, one half of a common wild card, Tyler. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, the 17th new set released this year, Matt. Matt, what is going on, my man? Where'd you come up with the number 17? Um, just out of thin air. Off the cuff. I didn't know if there was actually, I was like, I'm a teen set. It might actually be close. Do you, Okay, are we counting secret layers as like sets? Probably not, right? You could. If I would change set to product, we're way over 17 products in my in my guesstimation. God, that's that's wild. We're so far over that. This has to be the most products ever released in a single calendar year. Ever. That's bananas to me. Isn't that weird? Yeah, isn't that weird too? That we are in probably the lowest amount of played paper games of magic, but probably the highest number of products a little scary isn't it it's kind of wild i mean they had all this stuff planned right so like and they didn't plan around you know a global pandemic i suppose not but it is wild there's so many products but we're going to start talking about some of these products actually we have can you believe it's already been a year since secret layers it seems longer than that i know right 
It really does. Seems much, much. Yeah, it seems like we've had secret layers in our lives for like the past like five years. But this weekend marks the one year anniversary of secret layers. And you know that they had to drop some spice on us for the one year secret versary is what they're calling it. I saw that. You got to keep it fresh, I guess, right? Absolutely. And I, I think a year ago, Tyler was probably a pessimist. I'm going to have to go back and review the tapes. But a year ago, Tyler was probably a pessimist about Secret Layers. Right now, I'm kind of on board. Yeah, you were super against it. Okay, at least at least you remember that. I was just going to go back and say that I, I was just because I know myself. I'm, I'm pretty sure I was against We were probably both pretty sour on this, honestly. But now I have, I have a complete change of heart on these. I kind of love Secret Layers. There's like one or two things about them that do kind of sour them a little bit. Like, I wish LGSs could get a hold of them and sell them. Like, I wish they could help smaller game stores Rather in some capacity. Wizards yeah, instead of you just literally just handing the money to Wizards and Wizards just putting it on top of their stack of trillions of gazillions of dollars. I don't think they make that much, but I get your point. Might be a little bit of hyperbole, but who knows? There's Scrooge McDuck over there. Wizards is just diving into piles of gold, gold coins. coins. <laughs> But beyond that, Secret Lairs are pretty much just a, a unanimous success. They've been very popular. Just make something that people want and you're set. Yeah, and I mean, these new releases, they released, what, five of them? Yeah, five new Secret Lairs yeah, yeah, for this drop. Counting. And all of them are fucking dope. Just off the off the bat, what's your... Oh, my favorite, and I think it, this is my favorite Secret Lair, like, full stop out of all of them. All 150 Secret Lairs that we've had. I love the Party Hard Shred Harder. I knew that's what you were going to say. Absolutely. They are so good. And I think I might have an idea of what yours is. But what is yours? I personally like the idea, Squirrels one, but they could have done better. Like the cards that... As far as just like actual card power and value? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right with that. I don't... Yeah, I don't... I, I think that's that's probably a fair assumption. Let's go through and let's touch base on all of these. Let's start off with a box of rocks. This one is all... Mana rocks and which format is known for its mana rocks? Commander, you nailed it. <laughs> which I mean, it's kind of also an overarching theme with almost every single secret layer. It's also very, very popular in cube. Like yeah, cubes and commanders. Rocks, yeah, commanders is where the cubes. mana rocks come from. But in this specific one, you got That'd be a good name for a podcast. I'm gonna start a podcast. Cubes and commanders. Okay, we're just going to rebrand the Fetch and Shock. In coming 2021, we're just going to completely just overhaul it. Change the name, change the logo. We'll probably just get new co-hosts. Just get yeah, rid of just, both of us, and then two other people just come in and just start something different. Yeah, sorry, so we're looking ahead. for replacements I'll for take us. us on God. No, we got some pretty spicy cards in this one. You got Arcane Signet, Chromatic Lantern, Commander Sphere, Dark Ingot, Gilded Lotus. All very, very good Magic Gathering cards. Especially in Commander, yeah. It's, they're very, very popular. And these arts are sick. One thing I do like, like, none of these cards are... No, but they're all hyper useful. No, no, I agree completely. But the art style of these, it's like a... I, I defined it as a techno-vomit, but it's like just like a hyper-saturated, like, pop art style. Yeah, pop color, a lot of color, a lot of... Do you have a favorite art out of these? Absolutely. The Commander Sphere with the, the Zen Frog. He has two different color eyes. I just noticed that. Yeah, you know Homeboy did some shrooms. And he, oh my and, god, uh, this is the psychedelics trip. Yeah. <laughs> Secret Lair. I really wish they would have saved that for the fungus one, but the beggars can't be cheap. I think that's a little too honest if they had done that. <laughs> Honestly, just do it, though. <laughs> that would be so funny. Would be pretty fantastic. With just pictures of Liliana and Jace just tripping balls. <laughs> yeah, just eyes so freaking dilated. Just slime foot just gooing out. <laughs> God, fantastic. But yeah, the Commander Sphere is a sick art. My favorite is, I think, probably by far the Guild of Love. Yeah, I figured you. That one's it's good, like, too. It's oddly creepy, which it's I creepy it, serene. Yeah, it's weird, but it also it's like that gilded lotus on it. It's really hyper reminiscent of the actual gilded lotus art, especially the one from uh, what Dominaria. It looks like gilded lotus, which is it, that's really really cool to me. It's kind of a far departure from the other ones. Like the other ones are all kind of like really bright, super saturated color, really out there arts, and this one's just like a creepy girl with wings popping out of her head, just looking at this metallic flower. Yeah, come, she's uh, like coming out of the water, right? Yeah, she. It's almost like a like a swamp thing kind of thing going on, which I definitely dig. The and next one, you 
Dig it. And this also, another thing to mention about this one, I love that they're now doing options. I know we talked about it last time because that was when they kind of rolled out this, like you get the foil or non-foil versions. I'm glad to see they've continued that. Yeah, because not everyone likes and it, I don't give a shit if you like them or not. It's just cool that they mix it up. Yeah, options are nice. I mean, I fucking hate foil, so like that's right up my alley. But the next one, and this one is, for the theme at least, probably the one I'm most excited about. It is the art series Seb McKinnon. Yeah, that one's pretty And I don't think it's a stretch to say that Seb is probably the most player-acclaimed artist in Magic right now. Yeah, he's definitely got some wild ones. I don't think there's a just... single... There's not a Magic player that has like that started playing in the past five years that don't know Seb's art. And most of those players probably like Seb's in their top or top three, if not top one favorite artist. Some of his pieces is incredible. They're just so different. I think that's what's so striking about them. They are unlike a lot of other Magic artists. Like there's some very, like very, very good traditional artists that do pieces for Magic the Gathering. And Seb is just like, I am completely over here in another world. But you can still see the art on the cards, and it is awesome. Yeah, he is uh, quite good. I'll give him one thing about this. One thing about this that I wasn't crazy about, but then I did some more looking into it, and now I'm totally on board, was the card selection. In this one, you have a Damnation, you have Enchanted Evening, you have Sower of Temptation, and you have a Swamp. And at first glance, I was like, huh, why? Like, why were these the cards selected? I was about to ask, what's the significance? And it is because, and this is what I love about it, and this is why I'm really excited about this, because this opens doors for other artists to have this. Like, when they do the Ryan Pankos Artist Series Secret Lair, I'm buying that with zero hesitation whatsoever, because it's going to be fucking gorgeous. But on Seb's Twitter, thread is still up, so you can go see it. It's the pinned on his Twitter timeline, so if you just go to at Seb McKinnon, you can read this too. He explained that when Wizards approached him to do the Secret Lair... They were like, they were literally just like, hey, dude, um, pick what cards you want to do and go fucking nuts. Just do you do you, man. Yeah. So like, that's kind he, of what every artist. Absolutely. That's like the dream commission for an artist, right? Especially for a card game like this. Like not, hey, we're trying to follow make it like fairy tale artifact metallic. Just do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Go just wild. like here, just just find cards that you dig and go to town. And that's what he did. And. On in this Twitter thread, he goes through like his thought process and he made like a story out of these arts and then like picked cards that fit that story. Yeah, that's really cool. It's so sick. And like reading about it and getting to see like peel back that layer and kind of get underneath the cards and figure out exactly what he was going through when painting these and making these. Hooey! It is so goddamn cool. So, can you give a quick synopsis, like a minute and a half of what it was? Um, I mean, I could just I could do a quick breakdown. If you want to read the entire thing, you can go into Seb's thing and get more into detail than I plan on getting with this. But basically, he started out with the swamp. And if you look at the swamp, there's like a knight kind of walking through. And that was the main character in this. And that kind of just introduces the character. And then he's walking through the swamp. And then you get to Sower of Temptation, where he's like visited by like a fae. And then it moves, I believe, to Damnation? Which is like just like this big battle scene. And then Enchanted Evening is kind of like the final chapter of like everything kind of like resettling and getting like rebirthed and stuff like that. It's so sick. That's pretty cool. And also, I believe I, it's in this thread as well. The Damnation, it is one of the very few sub arts that's not digital. It's actually a physical piece of art. Oh, so that makes it even more wild to see he's not. No, he does not do, do physical pieces very often. New level of wild. And let me. Pretty cool. I'm pulling it up right now. The auction, if you if you want to get in on this, the auction ends Saturday, November 28th at midnight. It is currently $20,000 is the high bid. So if you got, you know, a car that you don't want to buy and instead buy a piece of art, go over to the MTG Art Market <laughs> Facebook page and you can, I don't know, throw your, uh, throw your spare change at this thing. Who is fucking dropping these? Like, who's dropping... 20 G's. Like, Somebody people? with a very fucking good job. <laughs> Just that's the only thing. Yeah, I mean, if you're that stoked on art and you have the money laying around, that's actually a solid investment. If you like art, I guess. I mean, art's always a good investment. It's not like easily tanked as far as like the market price goes. And with something like Seb too, you know that that's going to hold value. Yeah, he has a, seems like a big enough following. Yeah, he's a beast. 
But speaking of artists that have a cult-like following, we have a pseudo-artist series in another one of these. Not a magic artist, though. It's Bob fucking Ross. I was wondering where you were going, but I was like, what are you talking about? But yeah. The goat. You, you, you gotta paint those happy little trees, my dude. I am so stoked that they did a Bob Ross one. Yeah, I w- this was cool. also way out of left field. Like, I would have never expected this. Like, fucking Bob. You think someone approached him? Or like his- uh, I mean, they almost had to have bought it, right? Like, or at least had to have done some kind of transaction in order to get these arts. I mean, Bob Ross is like, has been dead for years. I did not know Bob Ross was dead. Oh yeah, Bob Ross, definitely not alive. Did not know that. Breaking news from the Fetch and Shock Boys, Bob Ross, who died uh, in like 2015, I'm guessing? We're to find out right now. I definitely <laughs> didn't know that. Sorry, Bob. Oh my god, no. He died like a long time ago. He died in 1995. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Well, yeah, it turns out, yeah, we're breaking news from 1995 here in 2020 on the Fetch and Shock podcast. Yeah, Bob Ross, a uh, notable artist, also dead person. Notable dead person. Yeah, definitely was not aware of that. <laughs> but if you want some of his art, that is now immortalized permanently on small pieces of mag- magical cardboard. You now have that. And this set comes with two plains, two islands, two swamps, two mountains, two forests. All the happy trees in the world. And this is another one that you can get both in foil, not foil. And some of these are stunning. I did not know that Bob Ross painted stuff this dark. Like the swamps are actually pretty spooky. Don't be talking shit on Bob Ross. You know homeboy is. Oh, yeah, he comes he's He comes got, prepared. He some, wasn't playing around. He's got some t- Bob Ross just opened art up to the masses and also now is on Match to the Gathering cards. Like, what a world. 2020 is a crazy year. Fucking wild year, sure. But I think I saw a lot of people were really excited about that one. Now let's talk was, about... Yeah, it's pretty cool. Now let's talk about my favorite, the Party Hard Shred Harder, which these ones are, I think, it's not even particularly close. These are the farthest departure from actual magic looking cards we've ever seen oh yeah and that's what i was telling you i i don't like yeah i feel like these ones are hit or miss like you either love them like i do or you're not a fan like matt yeah and i'm i'm not a fan of it but they're like very much in the traditional like metal album art metal tour poster aesthetic which shout out to Corey at knife city who me and him when he was on you were talking about this. Like two months ago. Yeah. We talked we about this. This is a called shot for the ages for me and Corey. Yeah, I remember listening to that because you guys were talking about a bunch of band covers. I didn't know. And I think during that conversation, you'll also have to go back and fact check this, anybody. I think we mentioned that this would be, would be a cool secret layer idea. Ooh, even double called shot. Oh, yeah. So we just, I mean, we pretty much gave Wizards the idea. I'm expecting my check in the mail, Wizards. I know you're listening. At any time now. Yeah, I mean, that would be a good thing for the holidays. I'd just have a couple extra bucks to throw around from all the sweet, sweet Wizards of the Coast money that we're shilling out to. Absolutely. But this one, you have Anguish Unmaking, Assassin's Trophy, Decimate, Dreadbore, and the only creature, Thraxamundar. That's a big, big commander thing, isn't it? Yeah, Thrax is a, a super popular Grixis commander. He's like the Grixis, like, griefer-style commander. Yeah, just whatever... All the Grixis. Yeah, if I have one thing to say about this, these are not the most legible cards on the planet. No, definitely, definitely notice that right away. But in that same vein, right, you look at these, at least they have the words on the cards. Like, we can look back in Magic History, and they've it done, like... It the, has the other shit, too, doesn't it? It has all of it the information that you need on a card. Yeah, it has... The casting costs, it has everything does. on it. Yeah, it has the words. It has the rules text. So it's not like the textless like Cryptic Command and Terror and Lightning Bolts that were printed forever ago. You can still figure out what these cards say, and it's not like they're in another language. It's not like those, was it the Kaladesh inventions? No, not the Kaladesh one. The other ones that were the almost hieroglyphic style. Like, those were pretty hard to read. Yeah, the Amonkhet. Amonkhet, thank you. Like, those were not the most legible cards on the planet. No, and they were in fucking English. Like, Elish Norn, the, the Perexian language that they fucking made up is easier to read than that. <laughs> you're not wrong. Tell, I was about to say, tell me. I'm... You're not, no, you're not, you're not completely wrong. But holy shit, dude, I love these. I cannot get over how freaking pretty these are. And they're it's so different. Like a, it's a very different. Commander, like, competitive formats, it's, it's just not... I don't agree. I don't, I don't like it. But I guess like that's also, these cards seem like they were strategically picked for that purpose. The only like 
really competitive format playable card of this is Assassin's Trophy, right? Like, Dreadboard doesn't really see play anymore. Rarely in modern for, like, metas. And, like, Anguish Unmaking, you just have Vindicate. That's just better. Yeah, it's much better. Yeah, so I'm not so worried about these being, like, heavily circulated into the player's market. And it doesn't have the issue of the freaking Walking Dead ones, where those are brand new cards. It's true. That's the only spot you can really get them. Yeah, these are just the spice. This is just the hotness for if you ever play any of these cards. Like, Decimate's a pretty popular commander card. Draxamundar is himself a popular commander. Yeah, Decimate's super popular, isn't it? Yeah, and if you get this secret layer, even if you don't already play Anguish and Making in your deck, you need, you're making room for it. <laughs> If your deck has the ability like, to cast any of these, you're, ma- uh, yeah, yeah, you're, for- you're going to force these cards into your deck so you can actually play the physical copy that you get because you don't want these to just sit there. These are sick. Well, that's probably why people buy them, because they're playing them already, and it's like, oh, hey, this is a dope-ass art. But I think the argument can be made that, like, you would just outright just buy these just because they're cool, and then find a way to play them. I personally wouldn't, but I know I would certainly do that. And this one is another one, too, just good to mention. Not available in foil, which I think is probably a good call. I don't think these will look very good in foil. You're just not a fan of foils in general. But, like, I mean, do you agree this flat art style in a foil I don't think would be very appealing? Probably not, but I don't know. Like, you kind of want these, honestly, to just be, like, matte finish. Like, the hyper opposite of foil. Like, make it no gloss, just, like, a flat matte, almost look like, like, parchment texture on it. That would be so sick. I don't think that's possible, but... Well, I think if they get foiled, they get too muddled. Yeah, you lose a lot in that foiling process as far as like the stri- like the striking detail, which these honestly have a lot. But also the final one of this series. Hope you like squirrels, Matt. I fucking love squirrels, bro. Well, if you like squirrels, I'm telling you what, the secret layer's right up your alley. It's it all is, but it isn't. Yeah, but this is what I was referencing earlier when we were talking. They had such a good chance to put so many better squirrel cards. Is Earthcraft banned? And I guess that's not tarot card. Yeah, I feel like that's not really a squirrel card, is it? That was the combo, that and Squirrel Nest and Squirrels. If they just printed Squirrel's Nest in Earthcraft in this, and then a squirrel, a bunch of squirrel tokens and just call her a day. Is that legal? I don't think that's legal in Earthcraft. But, I, don't, uh, I don't think it is, because I feel like we would see that more frequently than we do. But they didn't put the range terminus. That's like the most squirrely of squirrel cards. That is like, when I think of like powerful squirrel cards, I think Squirrel's Nest and Drain. That's the one that comes to my mind, is that deranged tournament. Makes a bunch of squirrels, you pay Echo, they all get plus one. Yeah, I feel like they could have done deranged tournament, right? No, was it, it's Urza's Legacy. Yeah, that, that's what we were talking about, I wasn't. But, like, also, they did that reprinting of deranged tournament in Modern Horizons, the Deep Forest tournament. That also makes squirrel tokens. They could have just thrown that in there. That's also a pretty powerful magic card. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's very similar. Instead of having Echo, it has Vanishing 3. But everything yeah, else on the so card has is the same text. They could have. They could have done something similar to that. I understand if it is on the reserve list, I get that's a different discussion for a different day. But the but cards that you do get in this, if you like special. squirrels, you you like these cards. Like you I get, would almost rather just the squirrel wrangler and then like 30... Just a bunch of different art squirrel tokens? Yeah. I mean, because if you do like squirrels, that's the part that you like about it, right? The, the tokens that it generates? Yeah, did like they didn't even have squirrels down there, do they? No, they don't. How the fuck? Yeah, they, they have like a squirrels, <laughs> and I'll put squirrels in there. They have chatter of the squirrel. They have crows and beast. They have squirrel mob. They have squirrel wrangler. They have swampyard, which is a land that uh, can protect your generates. Yeah. Yep, and then they give you a fancy shiny squirrel token. This one is also all in foil. Rightfully so. Yeah, this is a good one to have in foil because these arts are all pretty neat but they're all a little goofy and i think the goofy foils are much better than like the very serious like realistic foils like hyper playable ones i concur yeah so shout out to squirrels that's my favorite one just because that's fantastic just that they did something so ridiculous oh yeah but if you're interested in getting any of these these will be available in two days actually probably one day wait if you're listening to this um yeah there's there's also a Yeah, there's a timer on the website if you go and look. They're only available for a short amount of time, just like all of the other secret layers. And once they gone, they gone. They gone. Also, another thing that they were, that I saw discussion about, which another, rightfully so. Some people were complaining that the shipping delay on these is pretty stark. Like, there are some from, like, months ago that people still have not got. 
Ooh, yeah, that's a little rough. Not good. But I believe Wizards is going to start, you order them and then you pay for them when they are ready to ship instead of paying for them up front and then waiting four months to get it or more. That seems like a better model. Especially if, I mean, sure, you, you can make the argument that these would have been shipped and distributed a little bit faster if it Sounds weren't for good. all of the COVID stuff. But I think there's only so long of a window that you can make that excuse. Before you're like, come on, get, get your shit together. Yeah. I mean, there are only like five cards that you have to put into a box. And well, the other that. thing, it's they're just not sending like 10 packages. They're probably sending thousands, I would assume, if not tens or hundreds of thousands. I don't know. How I would imagine a ton. These things probably sell like hotcakes. Probably would be my guess. That's why I mean, they've been so successful. I don't imagine like they wouldn't keep pumping them out if they weren't selling a shitload of them. Because these yeah, are that's now my point. These are now probably one of the largest money making ventures that Wizards does. This is probably bigger than like the commander sets. You're probably right. Like the or the commander decks. Yeah, the commander pre-constructed decks. Yeah, pre-cons. Yeah, that's the, the term. Of. They're definitely far more of the secret layer sold than the pre-con decks. Because, I mean, you can still find pre-con decks sitting in Walmarts across the country. Yeah, Walmarts, Targets, all sorts of... I mean, I don't think... Is Toys R Us still around? No, I think Toys R Us is so dead. Much like Bob Ross, Toys R Us, not alive. You haven't learned a conversation before. I'm out of the loop. (laughs) Since 1995, Matt, you've been out of the loop. I don't know what that says about me as a person. There it is. Just your distinct lack of leaving. Yeah. We still got magic. Magic's still alive for now. For now. But another thing that I wanted to talk about this week, and this was actually by request of one of the members of our Discord. So on our Discord, there is a podcast topics section where you can shoot us an idea. And uh, if we actually, I was going to say, if we know anything about it, we'll talk about it. But we don't even have to know anything for us to talk about. I was about to say, I will talk about spew shit out. Because we're about to talk about something we know very fucking little about. But Magic Smurf on our Discord asked us what we thought about the current Magic Arena economy. Also, fantastic name. Yeah, I believe his he's actually on Twitter. It's Roy on Twitter. So shout out to you. Shout out to Magic Smurf and Roy uh, for giving us this awesome idea. But yeah, uh, the Magic Arena economy, Matt. How familiar are you with how fucked this is? Dude, I know everything about Magic. Have you ever played a game on Magic Arena? I have not. <laughs> I told you, it doesn't mean I talk about it like I do, though. Very true. You make a very good point. I, however, have played some games on Magic Arena, so I have got to at least interact with that client and see the economy end firsthand. And the big issue that people have with it, right, is that in order to get cards, you have to open up packs. And whether you're spending your real human dollars or the currency that you earn in-game, you have to spend that if you want to get the cards to play these constructed formats. And at this point, we've seen enough format turnover and people have been playing long enough that resources that you get from playing the game are now starting to run dry. And people are having to put in, if they want to play the new standard format, if they want to play their new deck, they have to spend real human dollars. And it turns out, if you can't just buy the individual cards and you have to rely on just cracking them out of the Magic Arena packs and hopefully getting the wild cards that you need, it costs a lot of money. <laughs> and here's the thing, and I've said this ad nauseum, I won't ever do that. Like, I just won't money in ones and zeros when I can get a paper version of it. And we've talked about this before where it's cool. That's been probably super helpful for people, especially with all this COVID shit of kind of keep some sanity. But at the same time, you're really, you're not except just entertainment time. And that goes for all video games. And I put money in before, like, but this seems they, yeah, it's like. You have like, always been on the very anti-digital magic thing. I mean, I am fine with it. Like, because I, I get to play games on Magic Online, which are fun. And I use Arena to draft. I don't really play Constructed unless I'm like extremely bored on Arena. But Arena is great for drafts. And I'm cool with like dumping a couple bucks in on Arena to just run some drafts when a format comes out and just get those games in. Yeah, it's good for for that aspect, of, but for the playing standard, it's not the best. And it's like a drug dealer; they always give you a taste first, and then they want you coming back for more. And it's a good business. Well, don't get me wrong; like, there's a reason they do it that way. They make money off of it and can can continue to run it. I understand that. It's just they just won't ever get my business. And that's the thing too. 
like now that we're discussing this, we kind of have to look at it from two lenses, right? You have to look at it through the lens of wizards who, if people are still playing the game, they're not going to change anything about how the economy works if you're still dumping money into it. If they make it easier for you and you have to spend less money, that's less money that you're just directly injecting into their pockets. They have no There's reason no to advertising. Change. They love that shit on Magic Arena for like other things. No, 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 no. Yeah, I didn't. Think, well, most companies don't advertise other companies. Probably. Yeah, I mean, they they do just like little things about like things that are going on with Arena and with Magic, but outside of that, no. Yeah, that's not a way to make money from ad revenue, which is that's what a lot of free games or like light pay or low to pay to play games do to be able to afford to basically keep the game running. Yeah, mobile games are so. The perfect example of yeah, so I get it. That's why they they have it this way because you want to keep playing. Someone has to pay for it. They're just not going to, out of their goodness of their heart, say here everyone can play this for free while we pay salaries of IT crews and coding, all of this shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But there's also the lens to look at it from the player standpoint. A game that is easier to continue playing is going to make Wizards more money just from the virtue of more people sticking around. So there are yeah. some like there are some easier ways that they can modify the economy. Let me stop you right there. Companies make more money from new players than long term for games like this. Yeah, that's true. But also in the world where these are rotating formats, the the players that are playing the longest, especially through a rotation, they have to spend they have to respend that money every three months or something. To get the new cards. Yeah, that's true, I suppose. But uh, there are some ways that Wizards could do it. A lot of people have mentioned that if there was a way for you to, like, dust cards. Like, if you could take, like, a playset of something and just turn it into wild cards to be able to use on something else. Like, if you could take four rares and dust them and get four uncommon wild cards. I think that is actually, like, something that would be relatively easy to do. And I think would be a net positive for everybody involved. I agree with that. To be able to kind of sacrifice or, let's say, create something. So, like, you use the example of three rare cards to get something else. Um, like, as a trade-in or something. Is that what you what you mean by kinda, that? Yeah, just, like, being able to use resources that you've got that you're not currently using to put them towards something, obviously, at a poor transition value. Like a 30% cut or something. Yeah. Like, say like you, you, could, you wouldn't 100... be able to do like straight trade apple for orange, but you would be able to trade like, I'm going to trade these four cards for one of another resource. Are these cards assigned a value at all or no? I mean, there's the there's like common, uncommon, rare, mythic rare. So let's say 10 commons for an uncommon, 10 uncommons for a rare, 10 rares for a mythic. Yeah, exactly. Like that. Something like that. It would still require you to buy or pay more other resources, but it would be less. It would lessen the load. And that seems like it would be so simple. It might just honestly be doing it, like implementing it might be more difficult than you or I know. Because I don't, I know like very basic coding and that's about it. Oh yeah, I definitely know dog shit about that. The the best thing I can say is download and copy script, like (laughs) copy and paste JavaScript to get. Oh yeah, I can definitely. I can copy and paste my dick off, but actually creating something from scratch. Nope. Couldn't catch me dead trying to do that. Yeah. I know it's like the, there are programs, obviously you can do it. And I learned about it in high school. The first thing you need to do is clear the screen no matter what. So you always do line items like it's numbered and you always want to give yourself enough space. So it's like 10 CLS and that's clear screen. And then you go from writing right code there. And yeah, there sure. is a lot of shit involved. It's not something that, and someone who's like a coder is like, you're such a fucking idiot. That's so basic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's about the extent of much to implement that. Oh yeah. I know. Uh, I know admittedly dog shit, nothing, but like they have professional to be able to do stuff like this. Like they built the game and the game runs relatively smoothly. Implementing something like that cannot be that difficult. They pay people would, like salaries to do that. I would assume not. I would agree with you there. Um, the biggest thing might just be, there might not be that big of an outcry to do it yet. That's fair. I, I have been seeing more and more people talk about it as the days go by, because like I said before, it, we're kind of getting to that point now where it's people have been playing for long enough that their resources are now running dry and they're getting to see that, oh, I actually have to spend money to be able to play this game like I have now come accustomed to, which honestly 
could have been just how they fucking drew it up. That like we could. That's what could I mean. They give you right they give into you a their taste. Trap. Yep, it's yep. that's what drug dealers do. Like, well, I oh, can't hey. believe Wizards of the Coast is a drug dealer. You're goddamn right they are. I don't can't believe I'm the first person. It's actually that's it's a they, pretty close comparison. They give you the taste, and you got to pay for. You have our sweet sweet cardboard crack, and fetch, then you're just disclaimer: you're just... fetch and shock. Tyler and myself do not endorse drug dealers. No, 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 we do not support <laughs> the drug dealing. I mean, if that's your hustle, then fucking yeah, whatever. If if, if you, people are now going to start becoming drug dealers to be able to afford their magic arena addiction, <laughs> DM me. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe you'd say that, Tyler. We got that that pure Peruvian cardboard <laughs> over here. Fetch and fetch chalk. The cardboard crack is is a real thing. Oh my Hashtag god! Yeah. Cardboard crack. Con. It's like that one character from Chappelle Show. That's every single Magic the Gathering player. <laughs> My, my teeth are itchy. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Joe Rogan. Yeah. I smoke rocks. <laughs> Goddamn. That's funny. But yeah, I mean, like, it, this is, it's a tough topic to kind of discuss with any kind of nuance. It's easy to say, like, thing is broken, fix thing, make it easier for players to play the game. And yeah. it's also really easy to put yourself in the wizard's side of things, looking at these, their little peasants in their larger grand scheme and say, yes, keep bringing us the money. That's what we want. This is what we literally designed this to do, but there can actually be real change. Like they could make something even in the game where you get to even just test out your deck. This was something that was, was brought up in the discord. If they had something that you could have basically free reign of any card, like a practice room or something. Exactly. Where you can only play against Sparky and you just get to play that that deck, kind of tune it a little bit, and then when you finally get it to the point where you want it, that you've played against the computer for a gazillion games, then you can go and get your spend your hard-earned money and resources, on yeah, and resources to to get that deck and play it against real human beings. Yeah, the the practice room idea has been implemented by other games. It's never a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, what really can be bad about that? Like, what can be net negative about that? And it's not like it's people wasting their time, I guess, would be the biggest thing. But fuck them if people want to just sit in there and play practice games for literally against a computer. Yeah, then... some people I'm sure could get their rocks off just doing that. But Oh my god, that would be so fucking boring. Yeah, I'd feel it at a point you're just like, okay, whatever, I'm done with this. But I mean, you could even make the argument that if people have access to that, they get to run more decks and try to test things out. Which they might end up spending more money. In turn, they're going to spend more because now they have like seven deck ideas that they have finely tuned that they want to figure out and actually run into leagues. Yeah, you're not wrong. It's the goddamn crack addicts, the cardboard crack addicts. Oh, that's funny. Welcome to the Fetch and Shock Drug Dealers podcast. So hopefully Magic Smurf, hashtag Roy, that might uh, hopefully that answers how you feel. You learned. What did we learn? Um, We don't know Jack Dick about coding. Yep, that's that's definitely a strong point that we made. Um, they should be able to do it. I don't see why they couldn't. Um, the question is, will they, will they? And is there something in it for them? Cause that's going to be the ultimate. That's the bottom line. Yeah. That's the factor here. Is it worth it for wizards to do something like that? Or are they saying, fuck it, spend your money. Or is it going to go to the point where it's almost dead and they need to address what the issue actually is, which is well, the issue that you outlined. I don't think so, because it's like, oh, hey, update 7.2 or whatever the fuck. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you just they don't do want this. it to get to that point and like see like a big drop off. Like you want to be more proactive than reactive about something like that, especially from a the steady, standpoint. You want a steady increase. You don't want the bell curve yep, like methodology where you go up, you peak and then you go down and you keep going. You kind of want either a steady rise. You never want to plateau or plummet. So you always want that steady, steady rise. Which I haven't seen the numbers, and I honestly I don't particularly care. Yeah, I'm the same boat. I, I feel like it's I always just it, going to be so. net positive. Like I even use it, and I just I don't I don't want to see the numbers because one, it's going to make me feel really bad because <laughs> I'm gonna be like, God damn it! What? And two, I I feel like there's too many assumptions that can be gleaned from seeing those numbers that you don't actually know what's going on. You just get to see this one small representation of how the growth is working, but you don't. You don't see what people are talking about behind the scenes. You don't see like where those numbers are being are, are being pulled from and how it's being accumulated because the people at Wizards are looking at those numbers and have a very different perspective than we. 
Oh, absolutely. Their numbers might be at the highest they've been. Absolutely. I mean, and I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't. Yeah, especially with everything that's been going on. Would not surprise me. You just never know. Yeah, so what did, what did we learn about this conversation? You, me and Matt know nothing about uh, coding, but we also gave you a look into the eyes of the drug dealer that is yeah. Wizards of the Coast. They deal a different form of drug. A drug nonetheless. <laughs> but dude, I think there's one more thing we got to take care of here. What? We got to play some accumulated knowledge. Ooh, that we do, sir. Now, real question. Whose turn no is it? I have no fucking clue. Fuck it. Already got it pulled up. So you're going to go. I'm on the chopping block. Yeah, we suck up. at doing that. We got it, baby. Okay, so for anybody out there who doesn't know, each week we end the podcast with a little game we like to call Accumulated Knowledge. In this game, we go to the Scryfall website. We hit the random card button. A random card pops up. And one of us asks the other the name of that card. The other has to give the mana cost of the card. If they get it right, they get a point. And if they don't, um, they're the ones that has to write the code for the next arena update. Oh, God. And face the wrath of magic culture. Pass. <laughs> and just get ripped to shreds. Pass. Well, Matt, them's the rules. Are you Shit. ready for your first card? The stakes are high. I suppose so. Your first one's an interesting one. It is Hand of Justice. I'm going to go ahead and say that I would have never got this card in a million years. It's a weird one. I think I have to use a hand. All right. What would you like? What does it do? So Hand of Justice taps and you also tap three untapped white creatures you control. You can destroy target. Jesus Christ. This is a strange bird. I'm thinking this is old because it sucks. Yeah. Old and bad usually go hand in hand. I think I actually might know this. Huh. I'm going to ask you for a free hint. You don't have to answer it. Does this dude look like Jafar from Aladdin? <laughs> you know what? Kinda. I want to say this is from Legends or Fallen Empires or something. I want to say it's four and a white. Four and a white. Matt, is that your final answer? I think so. Unbelievable how close you Oh, shit. It is it? five and a white. God damn it. And it is indeed from Fallen Empires. Yeah, this dude looks like Jafar, right? He does. Oh my Son god, yeah. Bitch. Five and white. It is for a creature avatar. It is a 2-6. Yeah, I came across Homeboy here uh, looking at old school stuff, like trying to find, just looking at the whole 300 cards combined. Yeah, that's a that's a weird one. That card sucks. It's terrible, yeah. Not good. Fallen Imp- I mean, classic Fallen Empires card, right? Yeah, it's a horrible, terrible, terrible card. <laughs> well, that that was actually pretty close, though. Are you oh, ready for your next one? I really wish I would have got that. That would have been a that great so way good. to kick this game off. Uh, all right. Your next card. I think you'll get this one. It is Gainsay. Sounds familiar. I don't care. Oh, I have this uh, in my sideboard for middle school. Uh, shit, it's like, I want to say it's one blue blue or one blue. I think Interesting. it's... I, I think it's one in a blue. Is that what you're calling it? If this is the card, I think it counters a blue spell. I'm going to go one in a blue. Final answer. Final answer. It is one in a blue. Okay. Yeah, this is. And it is counter target uh, blue spell. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, that's. I. It was also printed in Theros as oh, an I uncommon. I would have known that. That's the would only place I would have known it. I genuinely thought it was just printed in Theros and no other place. Turns out it was. A, it's an older card. Yeah, this is in. I have a, two of them in my uh, the standstill deck. Yeah, it is from Plane Shift. Yeah, I didn't know what set it was from, but oh, this one's a weird one. Ugh, that's not good. You might actually get it though. It's Words of Wisdom. Words of Wisdom. Oh, this is the. Uh, no, that's Land Root, where you return a land and then you can discard a land and draw cards. Oh fuck! Knowledge can't be kept in a bottle or sealed in a box. It yearns to be spread and shared. How on point would it have been it be like, it's accumulated? <laughs> oh, that would have been so good. I should just change the flavor type. Just go back, you know, 20 years. I'm, ass- I'm assuming this is a draw draw spell. It's pretty presumptuous. Words of wisdom. <laughs> the spread and shared thing, though, makes me think otherwise. Honestly, the flavor text kind of ties into the card pretty nicely. I, it sounds like it does, or else it wouldn't really be there, you know? Correct. I'm going to say two and a blue. I honestly don't know with this one. Is that your final answer? I think so. Matt, it is one in a blue. Is it like, is this something like everyone draws a card? It is an instant speed spell. It says you draw two cards 
and then each other player draws a card. Yeah, the you almost give it gave it away with the flavor text. Well, you you did. I figured it was something like that. Fuck. Uh oh, you got to run it now. What was that? It was one in a blue. You said one in a blue. Oh well, uh, you got a free one here. Your next one is Mana Crypt. Oh no, I don't think I know that one. Oh, eat shit. Whatever could it be, Tyler? You're such a prick. Uh, is it five? That is not my final answer. I know that it is zero. <laughs> I was just about to say, I was like, oh, we got him, boys. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is zero. In the classic Vanna Crypt, uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, flip a coin. If you lose it, you bolt yourself. And it taps for two generic mana. These things shot the fuck up in price, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Mana Crypt is a cool around $80. No, they're more than that. For the, like, the Mystery Booster ones and the Double Masters, those are the cheapest at around 80, 85 bucks. Probably on average, they're probably sitting between, like, 80 and 100. I bought a Masterpiece one for 80 bucks. That was probably a good call. Yeah, it's dope. I really want the the old one, but the promo. Oh, like the book promo one. Or the comic book one, yeah. Yeah, so this last one, this is for all the marbles. Ooh, this is an interesting one. I don't know if you'll get this. I have a hint still, don't I? I believe you have one more hint. The Mana Crypt kind of saved my ass there, I think. It really did. But this next one is Harness the Storm. It's just the Energy Bolt. No, that's Harness Lightning. Oh, yeah. Good save. That was a minute. I was almost just one red done. Oh, fuck. Man. Harness the Storm. It, is it an actual Storm card? No, because none of the Storm cards actually say Storm in the name. It has to be something like that. Or like Ooh. a fork or some shit. Or like a burn spell. All right, what's the mana cost? The mana cost? That's what you're supposed to give me, dude. Oh, shit. I tried to catch you up. <laughs> it was close, though. Hey, if you're not cheating, you're not trying, right? Valiant effort. What's this thing do? So, Harness the Storm says, Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand, you may cast target card with the same name as that spell from your graveyard. Oh, fuck. Is it Burning Vengeance that's the one that pings stuff when you cast something from your graveyard? Um, I think think so that sounds familiar i don't know if these are in the same set or not i don't know what the fuck this is i'm assuming this is an enchantment it doesn't sound like an artifact well matt there's no place like a rooftop library in a lightning storm it's where genius strikes so it's either blue or red or is it blue red Ooh, it could be blue red or blue or red or it could be white or black or green it's not purple it's I can almost 100 percent assure you it's not purple. You said almost. So you're saying there's a chance. There is always a chance. I'm going to get frisky. I'm going to go one blue red. Oh, I like that. I don't like it enough to say that you're correct because you're not. Fuck. Is it two in a red? It or is two, in, two a, in a red. It was either. I figured that would be it, but I, I didn't know. And I wanted to gamble a little bit. I love that gambling spirit. It is actually, it is an enchantment. So you were right with that. Two and a red from Shadows Over Innistrad. Oh, fuck. That's why. Yeah, you, I, I it, the set definitely wasn't going to give you any favors, but it was a rare and it did like something. No, this sucks. It's not. I mean, I'm not saying it's great. Also, you you still, as a reminder text on the card, you still have to pay for the mana cost of that copy. Oh, that's much worse. Yeah, it's significantly worse. Yeah, absolutely. It is not great. <laughs> Well, dude, you better start getting your uh, coding up. Your coding God. back up to snuff because oh, we've shit. got some work to do. I would like to take the time to apologize in advance to all you Magic Arena fans out there. The, the next update we, for Magic Arena just turns everything into stick figures. <laughs> if only I was that good. <laughs> That's a real bummer, man. Get wrecked, bud. See, I think if I, I would, I think if I would have got Jafar from the beginning. I would have had the confidence to. Oh, then you definitely. Well, if you would have got Jafar, you would have won it. I guess so, huh? Yep. It's it's a game of interest, man. Oh, son of a bitch. And I just so didn't close. measure up. How do you like that? Oh, look at you with the jokes. With the measurement jokes. Love to see it. I like to be the hero of my own story. <laughs> what a fucking boring story. Depends who you ask, bud. That's very true. But I get the shout out this week. And I have one lined up. It is a repeat shout out. But I'm, I'm going to let it fly. Because I said so. I will allow it. We're going to shout out two good friends of the podcast. The Mana Rock boys, Lane and Oni. Both of them have been on the podcast to talk about various things. But I wanted to give them an extra little shout out right now because it's the holiday season. 
being in a giving spirit, they're doing a giveaway on their uh, on their Twitter, which is at Mana Rock Podcast. And they're giving away some sweet, sweet shit, including a foil jeweled lotus. That's pretty dope. That's the new thing, right? Yeah. Yup. So go over there, check out it's their pin tweet. Um, and if you retweet that, follow them, and uh, then you're you're entered to possibly win some very nice match the gathering cards. This they were on during my Yes, during the baby the baby age of Fetch and Shock. Yeah, so go follow bitches. them. Uh give them a shout out and maybe uh maybe win something neat. Do you want to put uh shout out their what their actually their Twitter handle is or whatever again? Yeah, it's at Mana Rock Podcast. So go check those boys out. And also while you're at it, if you're on the Twitter, you might as well also follow Fetch underscore shock on Twitter. That's us. You also can follow me at Basic Land Bin, and you can follow Matt at It's Bop. And if you're feeling extra frisky, jump over to the Fetch and Shock Discord. You can find that link on our Twitter or in the description of this episode. And give us some more ideas about shit to talk about. I had a lot of fun talking about uh, shit that we have known nothing about. Someone's going to do it. Someone's just going to join our Discord and be like, next week, talk about astrophysics. <laughs> Bitch, if you don't think that I don't know about astrophysics, you're mistaken. I would assume that you know as much about that as you do about coding. Not too bad. Not too shabby, sir. You called <laughs> my bluff. <laughs> Nailed it. We're just going to have a guest on our podcast. We're going to have Neil deGrasse Tyson on our <laughs> podcast next week. Wouldn't that be some shit? Oh, my God. Yeah, that would be. I wonder. You know what? He's probably in a magic together. He seems like a fucking loser. He's a fucking super genius. So, you know, homeboy would fucking he would know. OK, well, confirmed next week. Join in for the Neil deGrasse Tyson episode. Oh, and also, since it's the holiday time, I know you got some friends and family out there. They're probably nerds just like you. Why not buy them a little something special over at FlipSideGaming.com? Because if you use code FETCH at checkout after you buy those lovely Magic Singles or Sealed product, you'll get 10% off. There you go. Get your holiday shopping done early, and it helps 10%, the boys. 10% is better than nothing. Goddamn right. And who knows? They, maybe they'll have some Cyber Monday sales. So go jump over there and check it out. Check, check, check it out. All right, dude, is there, anything else? is there anything else you got for us before we move into the Neil deGrasse Tyson episode next week? I don't think so. Well, I in that I'm case, set. I think that we will see you later, nerds! It really bums me out. I can't yell anymore. I need to. Out, I'll make, whenever I come back, bro, to be able to yell, fuck, you be better watch out. <laughs>